Welcome to A Legacy of Preaching with Dr. Bill Burr. For one to have a legacy of faithful preaching, they must love God, love God's truth, and love to preach His truth. Dr. Bill Burr excelled in all of these areas, and he has certainly left us all a legacy of faithful preaching. Now, let's all tune in for this great message from God's Word with Dr. Bill Burr. Isaiah chapter number 26, if you will, and verse number 3. Tonight, I want to speak to you for just a few moments on peace. Now, uh, I think it's important that God's children have peace. Amen? I, this world all around us, people are tossed and turned and uh, people are buying tranquilizers and everything else under the sun, under the sun trying to uh, find peace and God has planned for it. Amen. Isaiah 26 and verse number 3. Would you stand please and let's read this one verse of scripture together tonight. You read silently and uh, I'll read aloud. Thou wilt keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on thee because he trusteth in thee. Let me give it to you again. Thou wilt keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on thee. Our Father, we pray, dear God, tonight that you would move upon us. Lord, we pray for the sweet breath of God to be in this place tonight. We pray that the Holy Ghost of God might touch our hearts. We, we know in the service this morning we saw tears of compassion shed. We saw people at this altar praying this morning, dear God, and this pleased us, and we were excited about it. And Lord, I pray that tonight would be no exception. I thank you for those that are visiting tonight, those that came our way, and Lord, we trust that when they leave here tonight, that they will go away saying it's been good to come into this place in the house of the Lord. And we thank you for this in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. You may be seated. Now, if you look at this and you want to write down some things in the margin of your Bible, I'd write down three words over to the edge there. I'd write down who, what, or rather what, who, and why. Now, uh, what we're talking about uh, the perfect peace of God tonight. Now, we're not talking about uh, a partial peace, but we're talking about perfect peace tonight. I mean peace that will allow you in the midst of the storm to still express the joy of the Lord from your heart. And so you write out beside the word what, and that's perfect peace. And then who? Well, those whose mind... Uh, is stayed on thee. I mean, he's talking uh, about Christians here tonight and uh, Christians down through the ages who have had their minds stayed on Jesus Christ. He says, I'll give you perfect peace. Now, why? Because he trusteth in thee. Amen. I'm talking to people tonight who just need to learn how to trust in the Lord Jesus Christ. We have a pastor with us tonight who has left his church, be gone for a week, and uh, I can tell you this, I, I leave this church a lot of times, doesn't bother me much here, 
But I had a church down in South Carolina every time I left that church, brother. When I got back there, things were in a turmoil and, and it just took me uh, several weeks to ever get things straightened out. And I remember the last time I couldn't straighten it out and I had to leave. Now that's a good picture for you. That'll encourage you on the way tonight. But he's trusting God. Amen. I'm sure he's left his church in the hands of, of able men there in Wilson, North Carolina. And he's traveling with his companion tonight. And I know they're going to have a safe trip because they're just trusting in God. Now I have peace tonight here in Beckley, West Virginia, Brother Lord, because I'm trusting God. Amen. Now I've heard a lot of preachers talk about the fact that they know every move that they make. I've heard them say, I know this is the perfect will of God for me. Well, I'll tell you what, I've made some moves in the past as a pastor that I, I had some doubts about. And one way I found out if it was the perfect will of God was after I got there. Now, I've been here going on six years in Beckley, West Virginia, and I feel tonight that I'm in the center of God's will. I've had God's blessings on me ever since I've been here. This is the only church that I know of anywhere uh, that we, we've had a honeymoon for six years almost. I mean, listen, we, we've had a few problems come along but we haven't had any splits. We haven't had anybody get up and, and blow up in services. We haven't had anybody go away that I know about disgruntled and angry and trying to sow discord among the members of our church. I mean, it's been a peaceful, calm, uh, wonderful, joyful ministry here for almost six years. And I've learned to just trust in God. There are people right here in this room tonight that I would have lost you. I mean, several years ago, I, I've had, you've had things happen here that I would have said, well, you just need to go on down the road and I would have run people off. But God has taught me some wisdom. God has given me some patience and I've learned how to just trust God. And that's why I have perfect peace tonight in my heart. Now, there's three kinds of peace found in the Bible. Uh, one of them we're not going to discuss tonight. And that's peace on earth. Now, the only time you'll ever have peace on earth is when you have the Prince of Peace. Amen. He's going to come one day and he's going to rule and reign for a thousand years here upon this earth. He's going to be seated upon the throne of David yonder in the city of Jerusalem. And I mean, listen, uh, peace is going to flood the whole earth as the waters cover the sea. And uh, it's going to be a time when Jesus shall be in authority on this earth. And that's uh, peace on earth. And then there's another peace found in Romans chapter number 5. Would you turn there? Romans 5 and look at verse number 1. I love to hear the pages in those Bibles turn. Now this is good. I grew up in the Methodist church. Nobody took a Bible to church, Brother Jerry, not even the preacher. I mean, listen, they had a great big Bible on the pulpit. He didn't bring a Bible. No one else did. I never had a Bible in my hand hardly until I went to a Baptist church and got saved. But I thank God that we have people who bring their Bibles here to Emmanuel Baptist Church. Now, in Romans 5 and verse number 1, says, Therefore, being justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Now this is the second kind of peace that's found in the Bible and we're not going to dwell on this one either tonight but this is peace that was made for us at Calvary. Amen. I mean listen, we uh, as people uh, lost, hell bound, hell bent sinners we uh, were rebellious 
The Bible says that we were at enmity with God. I mean, we were enemies of God. Uh, in the flesh, we could do nothing to please God. And uh, God provided peace for us, Brother Larry, at Calvary 2,000 years ago. And Jesus died for the sins of mankind. You know, a wonderful thought tonight is that uh, no one in this room is going to have to uh, be judged for uh, the, the sin that is the sinful nature and rebellion that man has in him that was all paid for at Calvary. When you're judged one day, uh, if you're saved, you'll stand before the Bema seat, the judgment seat of the Lord Jesus Christ, and you'll be judged according to your works. Amen. Whether they were good or bad, you'll not be judged to determine your salvation, whether or not you get into heaven. That's been settled when you receive the finished work of the Lord Jesus Christ at Calvary. And by the way, if you're lost tonight, you'll be judged by the same standard when you stand before God because your sins also have been paid for entirely at Calvary. And when you stand before God one day, you'll be judged according to your works. And this will determine the degree of punishment that you receive in hell just like our works will de uh, determine the degree of uh, reward that we receive in heaven. So we're, we're not talking about the peace that's been made for us through the Lord Jesus Christ. Now turn to Philippians chapter number 4, please. I've got to hurry. I made you a promise tonight. These men need to get on the road. Their people here tonight need to get back down towards uh, Keystone and other places that have come in to visit with us. And uh, I believe it may have stopped out there now. I don't see anything falling. Doesn't that make you feel good? How many of you like to see it quit snowing? Hold your hand up. I thought so. The majority rules here tonight. And I, I'd like to see it myself. Philippians 4 and verse Number six and seven. Listen to it. This is the kind of peace that I'm talking about. Be careful for nothing. That means don't worry about anything. Amen. Now, uh, this does not mean that you're not to be concerned. I think you ought to be concerned about uh, the things of God. I think men who are out of work need to be concerned about that. But you don't need to worry over it. Amen. You don't need to lose any sleep over it. You don't need to have an anxious attitude about you tonight. I'm saying to you, Paul said, be careful for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God and the peace of God which passeth all understanding shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. I'm talking about, my friend, the kind of peace tonight that can you let you just lay down in the midst of adversity, in the midst of the storm, and just let you lay down and rest in the arms of Jesus. If you take time tonight to look in your Bible, you'd, you'd find many, many examples of this. Think about old Daniel when he went into uh, that den of lions uh, that night, when he was thrown in there. Uh, have you ever thought about how you'd like to talk to uh, Daniel and and uh, have a conversation with him and ask him about what went on in, in that den of lions? Well, I've thought about that, but i tell you what, I'd like to talk to old Leo the lion, wouldn't you? I'd like to see just how, uh, how bum-fuzzled uh, he was that night. There he was. Listen, they had starved him to death. I mean, he, he was hungry. Uh, I started to say as a bear, but he was hungry as a lion. 
and he was ready to eat any kind of meat that was placed before him. And they took Daniel and, and just threw him up into that uh, den of lions. And, and I'd like to ask Leo about it. He'd say, well, I was hungry, but you know, all of a sudden, my stomach quit growling. And I'm telling you, I don't know what I had, but it swelled up inside of me. And I wasn't hungry any longer. And old Daniel, he just uh, laid down in the midst of all this and went to sleep. And you know what he did? He said, Leo, said, I want you to lay back here. I want to just lay my head down in that soft, fluffy mane of yours. And I want to get some sleep and rest tonight. Now, the king wasn't like that. The king was up and walking. He was disturbed because Daniel had been placed in that den of lions. And all night long, he walked the floor. And the next morning, he went down there and said, Hey, Daniel, is God able to deliver you? And Daniel said, Yes, my God hath delivered me. Isn't that wonderful? Thank God. I mean, listen, you know what caused Daniel to be able to go into that den of lions and, and just lay his head down and rest and sleep and have um, uh, no fear in his heart? It was peace. Amen. The peace of God. Think about those Hebrew children. Three of them thrown into the fiery furnace. And friend, those three Hebrew children were afraid. And don't you think they were? Have you ever wondered why they had to tie them up? Uh, most people think they just run up and jumped into that furnace. It's not like that. Not like that at all. Listen, faith, listen to me. Faith always has somewhat of an element of doubt to it. I don't let that shock you, bless your heart. The only way you'll ever have real assurance of heaven is one day when you set your feet down on those golden streets. Amen. Now, I never had thought about this until I heard a sermon by Dr. Jack Howes, and he pointed this out. And I, I'm telling you tonight, friend, uh, when you get to heaven, about the first thing you'll do is you'll look around over there, and you'll say, well, well I declare. I'll declare. It's just like the Bible said it was going to be. And those three Hebrew children, listen, they were trusting God. They had faith in God, but they didn't know down deep in their heart. They said, listen, he's able to deliver us, but doesn't make any difference if he doesn't. We're still going into the furnace. And I'll guarantee you when they threw them inside and they looked around and brother, the flames didn't, uh, didn't harm them. They didn't even have the smell of smoke on them. Brother, that's better than a lot of Baptists I know. But I, uh, they went inside and they looked around and probably Shadrach looked over at Meshach and Abednego and said, well, he did bring us through the fire. Amen. This fire has no harm for us. But they had peace, brother, that caused them to go inside of that furnace. What do you think it was when Paul was in that storm that uh, caused him to come up and say, now look at here, uh, there's one, the angel of God came tonight, stood by me, and uh, he told me that none of us are going to perish and so Paul just trusted God. Amen. And he had the peace of God in his heart. Now, I'm not talking about uh, 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 just uh, 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 a promise that someone has made to you that might break it. I'm talking about the blessed book of God. Amen. And the Bible just simply says it, that uh, I will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on thee. Isn't that wonderful? The peace of God. Now I want to give you four things tonight very quickly. I'll give them to you in the next 15 minutes and we'll be through. Don't you worry about the time tonight. 
I've got it right here on my arm. Everything's under control. And I hope it hadn't stopped on me. I have a quarter till. Is that about right? Somebody better nod your head out there. Huh? Is that right, Brother Jerry? About a quarter till? Huh? A little fast? Well, well, thank God. Amen. What have you got? What time you? All right. Isn't that wonderful? Five minutes fast. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you. You always do exceedingly abundantly above all that I can think or ask. All right. Concentration on his person. Now, uh, it says whose mind is stayed on thee. Let's look back. Turn back with me back to the book of Isaiah again. If you've lost your place, Isaiah chapter number 26, please. And verse number three, it says, Thou wilt keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on thee because he trusteth in thee. Now, friend, you look up here just for a minute. It's hard to look at people and look at God at the same time. When I come into this pulpit on Sunday, I ask the Lord Jesus Christ to let my face be towards Him and not towards the people. I don't want to be careful of things that I say in this pulpit on Sunday morning. I don't want to please men. I want to please God. Amen. I want to do what God would have me to do. And that means that I have to keep my heart and my mind stayed on the Lord Jesus Christ. I believe the most miserable existence in the world is to have your mind on people and not on the Lord. You can't please people. You can't satisfy people. Some are hot-natured, some are cold-natured, some are hot-tempered, some are long-suffering. I mean, listen, when you try to get your mind on people, you're going to be in a turmoil, so you just try to please the Lord. The thing that's wrong with most people is that they start like Peter did. They begin to watch the waves, and that uh, that's just like getting your eyes on people and getting them off the Savior. You'll see. You'll go under so I'm saying to you tonight, if you want perfect peace in your heart, you concentrate on walking with him and keeping your, your mind stayed on him. Uh, over there just a few moments ago in the book of Philippians, we were reading. And uh, let me turn back there again, please. You need not, but let me turn. And uh, Philippians 4, and uh, be careful for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. And the peace of God, which passes all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Now, let me say this to you. Uh, I believe with all of my heart that we ought to be interested in, in what our mind thinks. Amen? We preach so much on the fact that we're saved uh, by heartfelt old-time heartfelt religion and we don't place much emphasis on the mind and what we think. But brother, listen to me tonight. You know what old-fashioned repentance is? Repentance is when you change your mind. Amen. The way you think about God and the way you think about yourself and you admit to God that He's right and you're wrong. Listen, I've invited people for years. I've said repentance means to turn from your sin. Listen, you know what you're telling sinners to do and asking them to do? 
That's something that's impossible to do. There's not a person in this room tonight that has ever turned from your sin. If you could turn from your sin tonight, if you could walk over here and put your sins down and turn and walk away from it, you wouldn't need Jesus Christ. Repentance is when you bring sin all to Him and lay it at His feet and say, I cannot help myself. I confess it to you tonight. Lord, be merciful and save my soul. Change of your mind and your thinking. Now, if you want perfect peace, you're going to have to feed your mind the right thing. You can't have the peace of God reading that old inquirer. You say, preacher, why don't you get off that thing? I will when people quit reading it. You don't need to bring that trash into your home. And I'm not interested in what's going on in Hollywood. I mean, listen, I, I don't think you need that. Don't feed your mind on that kind of material. Don't you watch filth on the television. I'd be ashamed to go down and pay my bill at the telecable if I had all of those uh, things coming into my living room. It's displeasing to God. You don't need it. You say, preacher, you getting mean tonight. No, I hadn't changed a bit. I mean, I've always thought that. And I'm saying tonight, you'd better, you'd better feed your mind on the right things. You'd better feed your mind with the Word of God and the things of God. You'd better spend some time in prayer. Listen, all this coming week, listen to me. All this coming week, Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, every night this week, Doors of this church are going to be open. The lights will be on right in this, at this platform. All of them won't be cut on. But the lights will be on. And I'll be here. And Brother Buck will be here. And I'm asking people this week in preparation for our missions time to come by and join your pastor in prayer here every night. That's why we work so hard to get all of these things like the booths are all made and the, uh, the banner up here has been made. The signs have been made. The posters have been made. The centerpiece has been made. All of the physical uh, needs of this mission conference we've taken uh, care of already. Now, this week, we want to feed our mind on the things of God. We want to have some confession of sin here every night this week and pray and ask God to give us a good missionary meeting with Brother Russell Bell. I'm telling you, friend, you better feed your mind on the right diet if you're going to have the peace of God. All right, now the next thing is have confidence in the promises of God. Thou will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on thee. Now listen, this wasn't, uh, uh, what's this guy out in California out here, Bob, uh, you know who I'm talking about in that glass cathedral, what, uh, Robert Shuler? I mean, this is not something Robert Shuler said. This is not something that Norman Vincent Peale had to say. I mean, this is not something that uh, some of the family counselors of the day had to say, this is not something that some of the TV preachers of our day have come and said, listen, this is one of almost, I suppose, 30,000 
promises in this book. This is a promise of God, Brother Jerry. He said if we'd keep our face toward Him, if we'd keep our mind thinking on Him, He said, I will grant to you perfect peace. Not, not partial peace, but perfect peace. Peace that will take you through the storms of life. And bless your heart, they're going to come. I heard one fellow say, well, I don't want to get down the valley. I, I just want to step in and run the ridges all the time. Well, I'd like to do that. And ain't nobody loves a good old-fashioned uh, shouting, praising the Lord meeting any more than I do. I mean, I look forward to camp meeting time in May and August. I'll be going down to uh, Brother Junior Dawson's down here and Brother Billy uh, Kelly and Brother Mays Jackson will be there and the Payne family will be there and he, he's invited me down to do some singing and maybe some preaching during the daytime. I, I'll have a great time and we'll, we'll shout the victory and we'll have good times. But bless your heart, listen, most of the Christian life is lived down in the valley where there's hardship and sorrow and discouragement and you need the peace of God to make the journey. You can put that down, friend. You need tonight to remember that this is a promise of God. Now, just trust God. Amen? Just trust Him. You say, Brother Bill, I don't understand a lot of the Bible. I don't either. I don't either. But I'll just do anything that God lays on my heart. Amen. I don't care what it is. I, I just made up my mind that by the grace of God, we're going to do what the Lord would have us to do in this place. I heard a story about a fella who wasn't too bright. Ms. Elam, he didn't get as far in school as the grade you teach. What is that? Grade six? Is that right? But this fella here was illiterate. He couldn't read, but he got saved. He knew the Lord as his own personal Savior. He wasn't the smartest fellow around, and, and he used to talk about the Lord. And every now and then, the educated crowd would try to get him down. And those, now that's the way it always is. Listen, now, that crowd will always be trying to knock the, uh, uh, the, the stakes out from under you and cause you to flounder and cause you to fail, cause you to fall. I'm saying to you tonight, that's perfect peace. Amen. Just do whatever God tells you to do and keep your mind, keep your mind, keep your mind, keep your mind stayed on God. Think on God. And then thirdly, conformity to the providence of God. I mean, listen, God guides our footsteps every step of the way. I mean, listen, that we're all on the same narrow path. Now, it's just the crooks and turns in the path that are different for each one of us. I mean, every one of us is going to have things come into our, our lives that uh, uh, are not what we'd like. But we must accept, listen, don't question the providence of God. Don't do that. Now, the last thing is this, you ought to always have, we're talking about perfect peace from God. You ought to always have a consciousness of the presence of God. Always. If you don't have a consciousness of the presence of God, and you're saved tonight, the truth of the matter is, you've let sin get into your life and rob you of the joy 
that should be yours and of the peace. You think about Paul in that storm. He said, for there stood by me this night the angel of God whose I am and whom I serve. Listen, I belong to God tonight. Amen. I mean, uh, I serve uh, the maker, creator of this earth. I'm here. You walk out and look at these majestic mountains around us tonight. Uh, God made those mountains. Jesus Christ put this earth together. I mean, by Him all things consist. It's all held together by Jesus Christ. And I'm serving Him. And I belong to Him. And I can tell you tonight, that causes me to be able to stand in every situation, every adversity of life that comes my way. I can stand. Why? Because I'm leaning on the everlasting arms of Jesus. And I don't have anything to worry about tonight. The Great Commission in Matthew 28 and verse 20. Look there. Turn in your Bibles. Matthew chapter 28 and verse 20. All right, I got four more minutes, man. No, I told you 30 minutes. I got four more. You just bear with me a few more minutes, and uh, then we'll start preaching on borrowed time. But uh, Matthew 28 and verse number 20 says, Teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you, that's the Great Commission, 19 and 20. God has commissioned the church to go out and preach the gospel to every creature. Amen? I believe that with all of my heart. But I want you to notice what he says in the latter part. We're talking about the presence of God and being conscious of the presence of God in our lives. Look at it. And lo, I am with you always even unto the end of the world. Amen. I don't care where you go. If you're like Stephen one day and they stone you to death, I can assure you tonight that Jesus Christ will go with you every step of the way. If you have to go out and, and meet the Philistines of this day as Shamgar did with an ox goad, I can assure you tonight that Jesus Christ will be with you every step of the way. If you're called upon to be a martyr for the cause of Jesus Christ, I can tell you when they step into the fire that Jesus will be with you all the step of the way, every step of the way. Old John exiled yonder on the Isle of Patmos. I don't believe he was alone. I believe that Jesus was with him. I believe he was there with him through every step of that journey. Thank God for Jesus tonight. Thank God that he lives within us tonight. Thank God the Holy Ghost of God leads us and guides us and directs us every step of the way. Don't you thank the Lord for that? Oh, listen. Go back with me now and let's read it together one more time. Isaiah chapter 23 or 26 and look at verse number 3 tonight. Thou wilt keep him in perfect peace. Amen. Whose mind is stayed on thee because he trusted in thee.